Have you ever thought about what you should pray for, specifically what you should pray for when you're facing trials and, and difficulties? Have you ever thought about the fact that God might want you to pray for something in particular in the midst of your trials and difficulties? I want you to go with me to James chapter 1 this morning. James chapter 1. Last week here in our study of the book of James, we saw that the proper attitude in the midst of trials, the proper attitude in the midst of trials is necessary. James says in verse 2 that the proper attitude of the believer in the midst of trials should be one of joy. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, says James. Why? Why, James, would you tell us to be joyful in the midst of trials? Because believers know, at least we should know, (laughs) that the testing of one's faith through trials produces something good, something necessary. It produces steadfastness in our faith or staying power for one's faith. The believer's joy is based on the knowledge that God is always working for our good. If you think that your joy is based on the positive outcome of any situation you face, you're looking in the wrong place for joy. Your joy should be based on and founded in this truth, that, that you can be joyful because you know God is in control. You can be thankful even in the midst of hardship and difficulty because you know God is only working for your good. And God is all about strengthening our faith. God is all about growing us in our faith. And the faith that is growing and proves strong produces a a mature faith, a faith that is equipped and complete and lacking in nothing, says James, and ready to face this world in which we live and the trials that come our way. Now, in addition to bringing to our trials the proper attitude, which is joy, right, we find James pointing to another spiritual discipline that we're to exercise in the midst of our trials, and I want you to look at it now. Let's Let's see what it is. Look with me at James chapter 1 and follow along as I read verses 5 through 8 where James writes, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind, for that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Now, I want you to think about this with me. Do you see the, the spiritual discipline here that, Jesus, uh, that James is pointing to? This is in God's Word, and, and God has inspired James to write this. Do you see the spiritual discipline James is pointing believers to here? You know what it is? If you, if you were paying attention at the beginning, you know that we're going to be talking about prayer for just a little bit, right? It is prayer. The spiritual discipline that James is pointing to is prayer. Bring joy, says James, to your trials, believer. But that's not all you bring to your trials. 
you should also bring prayer to your trials. Now, many of us pray to God in the midst of our trials, right? If not all of us, we cry out to God and say, Oh, God, help me. But what are you praying for? Have you ever thought about that? What are you praying for in the midst of your trials? Are we praying for the right thing? I would venture to guess, unless we've paid really close attention to this passage in James and really applied this to our trials, we may not be praying for the right thing when we face trials. And I wonder if you are not praying for the right thing, that that you are not praying what God wants you to pray for in the midst of your trials. Note what James is telling you to ask for when you pray in the midst of your trials. Look at verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom... Let him ask God. Now we're talking about trials because that's where James starts. That's the context of these verses. That in the midst of your trials, bring joy. And in the midst of your trials, pray. And when you're praying, pray for wisdom. Pray for wisdom? (laughs) James, really? I mean, don't you think that we should pray for something a little more expedient? Look at verse 5 again. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Now, why do you think James, inspired by God, tells you to pray for wisdom in the midst of your trials? Isn't that kind of backwards, James? I mean, really, let's be realistic here. Shouldn't I be praying for God to deliver me from trials? Shouldn't I be asking God to get me out of here? (laughs) Or shouldn't I at least be asking for strength? And I think that's often how we pray. Sometimes we we say, well, you know, it may not be right for me to pray for God to rescue me out of this trial, but God, give me strength to endure this trial, right? And so sometimes we pray for strength. Why wisdom? Why wisdom? I want to give you four reasons we see in the text that we should be praying for wisdom. Four reasons we should be praying for wisdom. And then I want to share with you two spiritual disciplines that should accompany our praying if we wish for God to answer our requests. So four reasons that we see in the text why we should be praying for wisdom. Here's number one. Pray for wisdom so you won't waste the trial. Pray for wisdom so you won't waste your trials. Proverbs chapter 3 and verses 5 and 6 put it this way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. And we're told that because we naturally do that, right? We lean on our own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your, uh, make straight your paths, make your paths straight. God's word tells you to trust in the Lord, right? God's word tells you to pray. And we're seeing here in James, God says, don't just pray anything, pray for wisdom. So we're to pray, and in the midst of our trials, we're to pray for wisdom, that God might give us wisdom in the midst of those trials. But are you with me here on this? Isn't this hard? Oh, how hard it is to ask for wisdom when everything in you is screaming, God, get me out of here. Take me away from here. Or take this thing away from me. Or this person away from me. Right? Well, we wouldn't pray that. 
Right? We're struggling. We're in the midst of a deep, dark trouble. And we're crying to God, get me out of here or get this thing away from me. I don't want this trial. I, I can't do this. Why pray for wisdom? Because as James tells you back in verses 2 through 4, remember, trials bring strength and maturity of faith. Trials mature your faith as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why James says to count it all joy when you face various trials because God is using the trials And I want you to hear this carefully. God is using the trials in your life to strengthen your faith. Let's not make this some general kind of thing about the church. Yes, this is to believers in general, but it's to believers specifically. If you're a follower of Christ, this is speaking to you today that that God intends to use your trials, your trials, to strengthen your faith. And God doesn't want you to waste the trials he brings or allows. So pray for wisdom so you won't waste them. Pray for wisdom, that God would give you wisdom in the midst of your trials so that it wouldn't be a waste of time, a waste of the trial. Here's reason number two, that you should pray for wisdom in the midst of trials. Pray for wisdom because you need it. That's profound, isn't it? Pray for wisdom because you need it. Now, I would like to just leave it at that and go to number three and trust that you all agree with me that you need God's wisdom in the midst of your trials. I mean, that is what we're talking about here, God's wisdom, not man's wisdom, not my own, like we heard from Proverbs. Don't trust in your own understanding. right? We need God's wisdom in the midst of our trials, and I I would hope that you're in agreement with me in this, that we need God's wisdom, but just in case there are any, you knew I wouldn't go to number three that easily, right? Just in case there are any of you who think we don't need God's wisdom in the midst of our trials, let me remind you how difficult it is for us to grasp this idea that we're to bring joy to our trials. I mean, go back to number one, right? How, how much sense does that make? Doesn't it seem like God's word doesn't make sense at times? Bring joy to my trials? And we have such a hard time grasping that and wrapping our minds around that. At least I do. And we struggle with that, to bring joy to our trials and to say, and through tears and through pain and even suffering, I'm going to thank God that he is shaping me and he is making me what he wants me to be and he's going to give me strength and faith and wisdom in the midst of these trials, that is so hard to do, to bring joy to our trials. We can't grasp that in our own humanity. We need to trust God for that also. So with that as an example, let me just we realize how hard that is to grasp. It's hard also to grasp praying for wisdom. Why, God, do you tell us to pray for wisdom? See, God is working through your trials and for your good. But that's hard. It is hard to face trials, and God knows we need wisdom. And our natural inclination is just to do what we feel 
or do what, 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 what we're thinking based on our feelings. But God says, you need His wisdom. God says to me, you need His wisdom. I need His wisdom. You need His wisdom, right? It seems strange enough to be thankful for trials. So you should pray for wisdom because you need it. You need it so that you will be able to count it all joy when you face trials. When you face trials, your natural inclination is to spring to action and do what you think feels right. But God says, be careful with your feelings because they will lie to you. You need to know God's Word and you need to do what God's Word says. You need to be obedient to God's Word. You need my wisdom, says God. So you should pray for wisdom because you need it. And you need it so that you'll be able to count it all joy when you face trials. You need His wisdom when you face your trials so that you'll be able to be joyful in the midst of them and thank God for them. And what James is telling us is that we need to ask God for wisdom so that we'll be well-equipped, well-equipped, well-prepared to be obedient in the midst of our trials. So pray for wisdom in the midst of your trials because it is God's wisdom that you need as you practice obedience. Now, when you pray for wisdom, guess what God will do? We see it here, don't we? Guess what God will do? And this is reason number three. Here's number three. Pray for wisdom in the midst of your trials because God gives it generously. Do you hear that? Pray for wisdom in the midst of your trials because God gives it generously. That is what James is saying here. James 1 and verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all. You see, some things you need to ask God for. You realize that? Some things you need, you need to ask God for. And God is, I mean, when we look around and we take an honest account of our lives, we realize that God is gracious to give us Many, many things that we don't deserve. God is gracious to give us many things we don't deserve, and this is one of them. But many things God blesses us with, we don't even have to ask for. That's why I challenge you to, to go into the week ahead and, and try to take a time every day to think about how has God blessed me? How has God blessed me in ways that I haven't even asked Him to bless me? I've even asked him to provide for this need, and here he is, giving and being gracious and being forgiving and, and on and on. Be attentive to those kinds of things. Many of the blessings that we enjoy, we do not even have to ask for. And we all ought to be more grateful for the many blessings God gives us that we don't even ask for. But here's one blessing that God is telling you, you need to ask for. Now, there are some things I don't often give my children without them asking. We have one of those video game consoles connected to our television at home. And around our house, the rules are for our guys, you must ask before you can play. 
And they know there are also some preconditions, right? There are some things that they have to do before they can ask. So they know not even come and ask if they haven't done other things that need to be done during the day. And they know not to ask more than once in the same day. And they know that they have a time limit. But I rarely give them, you know, you rarely hear me walk through the house, hey kids, it's time to play video games, unless I'm asking them to play with me. But I rarely walk through the house and go, time to, you know, kids, it's time to go play video games. They have to come and ask me. And when they come and ask me, I try my hardest to say yes. I almost always say yes. Don't I? I try to. Most of the time I try because they know that there are certain things they have to do before they ask, so they know better than to ask if their schoolwork's not done. They know better to come and ask if their room isn't clean, things like that. Sometimes they get away with those kinds of things, but not schoolwork. Here's something God tells you to ask for in the midst of your trials, and he will always say yes. He will always say yes, and he will do so generously in the same, it's the same truth that we hear in Matthew chapter 7. Listen to verses 7 through 11 in Matthew 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Ask and it will be given you, says verse 7. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. That last time you were facing some difficulty, that last time, or maybe you're in the midst of a hardship or difficulty or trial in your life, what did you ask God for? Did you ask for relief? That's natural. Did you ask for deliverance? That, too, is natural. Did you ask for strength? That's natural. Did you ask for wisdom so that you would grow by and not waste the trial? Here's number four. Number four, pray for wisdom because God is a joyful and willing wisdom giver. God is a joyful and willing wisdom giver. So pray for wisdom. In other words, God won't scorn you or ridicule you for asking for wisdom. God won't yell at you, you should know this by now, right? You won't hear God going, what in the world, you again? You should know this by now. Haven't you been going to Sunday school and church for like 50 years? I've almost been going to church for 50 years. I've got a couple more years to go. I heard somebody say this past week at our MARBC meeting that they had a drug problem when they were a child. They were drugged at church all the time. That was me. Sometimes I feel like that, like God is yelling at me, don't you know this by now? But he never does that. God is not doing that. God will not scorn you for asking for wisdom. God won't yell at you because you've asked for wisdom. 
But then, you know, whenever a teacher said that, you know, the only dumb question was the one you didn't ask, that's not what God is saying here. I never liked that anyway because I never had a question to ask and I felt dumb because I didn't. But that's not the idea here. James 1.5 says that God gives generously to all without reproach. God gives to us, back up to the all part for a second. God gives to all. That is all believers. That's the context. Okay, don't read this verse and think that God gives to all generally Everyone in the world who asks, no. This is for believers. God gives to all believers who ask. And God gives generously without reproach. God gives generously to the believer who asks for wisdom. He gives all the wisdom you need to deal with your trials. Do you realize that? That God is all about giving you all the wisdom you need to deal with the trials you're facing. If You will ask, and he will give it without reproach. God is not like we are with the child who asks and asks and asks for something. God never says, go away for now. Come back later. We do that sometimes, right? As parents, we say, wait, wait, I'm busy. Ask me later. I really mean that, though, when I say it, ask me later, because I'm like right in the middle of something. We do that, don't we? We say, ask me later. Does God ever say that? If you think he does, you're wrong. Because God's word says, ask and it will be given. God never says, leave me alone. Not you again. Don't you think you should have learned this by now? God never says that. God never says, you again asking for more wisdom. Don't you think you have enough yet? God will never scold you. God will never scorn you for asking for wisdom again and again and again. No, James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. I hope that encourages you. That gives me great courage and hope. So pray for wisdom. Yes, in the midst of your trials. Because God is a joyful and a willing and a generous wisdom giver. Now, I noted it at the beginning. I also want to make very clear here that there are two other spiritual disciplines that you need to practice if you're to be assured that God will answer your prayer and request for wisdom in the midst of your trials. These are these are conditions that, that we see here. James, inspired by God, gives us these conditions. He says, ask God. He will not deny you, but he says, pay attention to these spiritual disciplines. Otherwise, God will not hear your prayer. He will not answer your prayer if you don't do these things. If these things aren't growing in your life. First of all, I'm going, to, I'm going to say it like this. The reading of and belief in God's word needs to exist in your life. If you want to ask God for wisdom and he's going to give it to you generously in the midst of your trials, you need to read God's word and be attentive to it and believe that God's word is authoritative. So the reading and belief in God's word is a condition that God's 
God's Word again and again gives us for answered prayer. It's not explicit here, but I think it's certainly implied because James is writing to believers, right? He's speaking to believers here. And when he says to ask God for wisdom, he's not talking about asking God for knowledge. He doesn't say ask God for knowledge. Guess how God gives us knowledge? You see? You see the Word? You have the Word with you today? You have a copy of God's Word? God gives you knowledge. He's given you His Word. He's given you the knowledge that He wants you to have about who He is and how He wants you to live and trust Him as you live. James is talking about wisdom. He's not talking about knowledge. And God has given us His Spirit to to all who have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and His finished work on the cross for your sins. He gives the Holy Spirit to help you believe the knowledge, to believe the Word that He's given you. The Holy Spirit helps you believe that this is true. The Word of God is effective and powerful and necessary and true. That's a gift from God. He has given you the Holy Spirit to help you believe His Word. But God is not going to give you some hidden knowledge from out of the blue. If you don't read the Word, it's not like God's going to give you some surprise cornucopia full of knowledge that you didn't that you didn't go look for in His Word, that you didn't read and find in His Word. He's just not going to surprise you with with unknown knowledge. When I was about 13 or so, my parents decided our our family needed our very own copy of the Encyclopedia Britannica. This was before the Internet, kids. So volume by volume, I I believe, uh, I think it was like one month at a time, my parents bought, it was a subscription. You know, every month one more volume would show up in the mail and, it was probably like 30 volumes or something. To my parents' great disappointment, owning our very own set of the Encyclopedia Britannica did not make me any smarter or wiser. You want to know why? I didn't read it. I'm not proud of that. I'm just saying. I didn't read it. I think I opened it a couple of times, and I might have referenced it one or two times for some high school work. But I didn't read it. I didn't treasure it. It wasn't important to me. I had other things to do, like ride my bicycle or shoot my BB gun, right? Break windows in the barn, whatever. Or paint, well, let's see. I did that. I painted Bobo on the side of the barn one time. I don't know why I did that. It was a dumb thing to do. I found a can of spray paint and I had time on my hands. I should have been in, in there reading the Encyclopedia Britannica, but I was out spray painting the side of the barn, right? These days, you can carry around the encyclopedia in your pocket. Did you know that? Yesterday, I went looking. I was curious. And you can actually download the Encyclopedia Britannica to your phone. So now I can look up the Encyclopedia, uh, the encyclopedia Britannica anytime I want, and for $1.99 a month, I can have the whole thing. I'm not going to do that, though, because I wouldn't read it. <laughs> for one thing, I know how to use the Internet and search for things that I want to know, right? And I know where to buy the books that I want to read. See, the small problem with me and the Encyclopedia Britannica is that I wouldn't read it. 
And all the knowledge in the world wouldn't do me any good if I'm not going to read it and apply it to my life. You see, God has given you his word so that you might know him. God has given you his word. He has given you a gracious and generous gift in his word so that you you might know who he is and so that he might move in you and, and show you how to live so that your life is glorifying to him. But knowledge of God's word only comes as you read it and as you believe it and as you receive the preaching of it. You see, that's how you gain the knowledge of God's word. This is how God intends for you to gain the knowledge of his word. But even saying all that, it's possible for you to have a lot of knowledge that does you no good. It's, It's possible to know something about God's word. There are a lot of unbelievers in our world who know a lot about the Bible, but the Bible doesn't do them any good spiritually because they don't believe it. And they're not going to obey it because they don't believe it. You see, knowledge is a grasp of the information in my layman terms, which are very layman. Knowledge is just a grasp of the information. But wisdom is the proper use of that knowledge. The wisdom James is telling you God gives generously is the wisdom to apply biblical truth to your life. In the midst of your trials, that is why I continue and I will keep pointing you back to the daily reading of God's word. You need to read God's word for yourself. And the talking of it, the talking about it with your family, you need to do that. Because you must take it in and you must accept it as the truth of God's word, and as necessary for your life, the knowledge that he has given you for for God to give you wisdom by his spirit in how to apply that truth to your trials, you've got to take in the truth. You've got to take in and gain the knowledge of God's word. I'm not saying you have to be a Bible scholar. I'm not suggesting you, you all have to go to seminary to get this. God has been gracious to us to give us the Bible in our own language. And in in some very trustworthy translations that are easy to read. Read God's word. Take in the knowledge of God's word. And then ask God for wisdom to apply it to your life. And then be willing to obey God's word. Here's the second condition, the second spiritual discipline you must be practicing And that is faith. Look at verses 6 through 8 again. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So if you want to be assured that God will give you wisdom when you ask, then you must ask in faith. You must ask believing. Hebrews 11.6 says it like this, 
And without faith, it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. He rewards those who seek him in faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You must have faith, says James. If you expect God to answer your prayer and give you wisdom to deal with the trials that you face, you can't be asking with the idea that you'll do what God wants you to do as long as it makes life easier for you. You can't be saying to God in your heart as you pray, say, God, give me your wisdom as long as your wisdom is good for me, I, you know, according to my terms of good for me, and yanks me out of here as quickly as possible and beats up on that person who's making my life miserable or whatever the case may be, right? No, you've got to be willing to do what God wants you to do. Your desire must be to please God with the wisdom that he gives. That's why we started this series a couple of weeks ago in verse 1, and we took a whole sermon to just talk about a few words. It was James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, because that's the attitude that we need to bring to our trials. If we want God's help with our trials, we need to bring the I'm the servant and God is the master, and he's only going to bring into my life what's good for me, and he's going to help me through this as I surrender to his wisdom and yield to his desires and wishes for my life. You see, James was making very clear that he was God's willing bond slave, willing to do whatever God wanted, knowing whatever God wanted was good for him. And that's what he's saying here. To the believer in the midst of trials, Ask God for wisdom, but ask with a servant's heart. Ask with faith. Ask knowing that God is only about your good, and ask with a willingness to do whatever God's wisdom shows you must do. You see, the trouble for us is that many of us are like the double-minded man, right? We, we allow our emotions and our Feelings and our selfish desires to toss us all over the place when facing trials. And for that person, there will be no wisdom from God. Who says, I'm just going by my feelings here and it doesn't feel right, so I'm going to do something else. I don't care what God's word says, but God give me wisdom anyway. God says, no, I can't honor that. See, for that person, there's, there's no wisdom because God knows our hearts. He knows when we ask if we're truly willing to obey. Do you want to obey God? Do you want to honor him with your life? I trust you do. I hope you do. I pray you do. You ought to be thankful that the Lord Jesus Christ was never double-minded. You realize that? You, you remember what Jesus prayed at Gethsemane, he said, God, he knew what he was facing. If it be your will, take me out of here. Take me away from this. Remove this cup from me, he says, right? But not my will, but thine be done. That was as close as Jesus came to being double-minded that I can think of. And that was not double-minded, was it? He says, not my will. God can handle you being honest with him about, God, rescue me, get me out of here, take me out of here, get this thing away from me and get it off my plate, right? God can handle that as long as the next thing is, 
But God, not my will, but yours be done. I am so thankful, and I think you should be thankful, that Jesus Christ was never double-minded about his mission. He never changed his mind about being the sacrifice for your sins or mine. Do you want the wisdom that God has for you? Do you want the wisdom of God in the midst of your trials? I hope you do. I trust you do. God knows. God knows whether you're really trusting him or not. And God knows the measure of your faith. And he's not saying that you need to have a great measure of faith. Remember what the word tells us about the the size of our faith and the power of it? If we have faith the size of what? A mustard seed, right? God's not into saying, you've got to have a Mack truck-sized faith here, okay, if I'm going to help you. Mustard seed-sized faith will do. You might be struggling with your faith, but do you have faith? Do you trust God? Are you willing to ask him for more faith? Are you willing to ask him for wisdom so that you won't waste the trial in your life? See, God knows whether you're really trusting him or not. And I'm not suggesting you need to have life all together before you ask God for help, <laughs> ask him for wisdom. I, I say, you know, that you need to practice obedience. Know God's word. Get God's word into your life and and let the word shape your thinking. Don't let your feelings shape your thinking. And when you face trials, say, God, give me wisdom. You know the inclination of my heart is to run like crazy from this and to ask for rescue from trial and trouble. But God, give me wisdom. You know how weak my faith is. Oh, Lord, help my unbelief, right? You You know I believe, but help my unbelief. That's the way we need to pray. And that's why when we sing the hymn, Teach Me Thy Way, in a moment, we need to be certain we aren't only singing the words. You know what I mean? Now, it's easy to sing the words. It's something different to mean the words. Let's mean the words as we ask God to teach, teach us His way and give us wisdom in the midst of our trials.